police in the morning. Humor mixes with horror in this chiller about a college campus being ravaged by gruesome creatures that turn their victims into zombies. The night of the formal is finally here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives, but tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, inside of you. Then, you're dead. Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies. They are a new breed of terror, a different kind of horror. The creeps are taking over. You never had a night like this. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie movie Bros. Who review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are, week three here, July, our VHS month. And uh, in case you didn't know, we're taking a look at the 1986 classic Night of the Creeps. Which I... I this was one of like my favorite VHS purchases because it wasn't available on DVD at the time. And I even... Went so much as to, to spend nine ninety nine at a used, used shop for this. Man, you really, really, really spent like really went all out for that one. Really bringing out the dough. Hope it was worth it. Well, I guess we're gonna find out. Let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. You already heard the back of the VHS box. Let's let's start with the top three, Paul. All right, I'll start on a positive note. Um, I'll kick things off with um. So yeah, going into this, I. Thought it was just a straight-up horror film, especially based off the cover, and I was glad to see that it had, you know, some level of self-awareness, at least enough to, like, make fun of its silly premise and low-budget effects. It made it a lot more fun than just a straightforward horror film with, um, cheap effects. Number two. Yep, speaking of the low-budget effects, I heard, I definitely appreciated them. There's a lot of charm to it, the goofy-looking zombies, the little alien slugs that, like, zoom around and it look like skittering mice. It was, it was just magical. Um, y you gotta love the, like, low-budget charm to films like this. And number one, so there are two really great characters in this movie, and they were JC, the friend of protagonist uh, Chris, I think it was, and Detective Tom Atkins. Tom, it wasn't his name is Detective Tom Atkins. It was played by Tom Atkins, but I don't remember his name. So he's Detective Detective Tom Atkins for all intents and purposes. JC was uh, this witty, sarcastic, like um, sarcastic guy, always trying to help out his buddy. And Atkins was just this barely like barely holding barely, it barely together. holding it together, like detective, like just like almost unhinged it's the best showing of like a barely holding it together psychotic guy that i've seen since the late david gale and both characters unfortunately didn't have enough screen time together but you know each one was great in their own right although very different so for me number three actually was was tom atkins like you said he just he does a great job at this like just barely holding it together, um, detective, where everything is happening right now that ties back to his past. And yeah, I think it's very reminiscent of, like, David Gale in Sinjinor. Like, I kind of expected at one point Tom Atkins to be sitting in a corner with a bunny mask on the back <laughs> of his head and just turn around and be like, it's the creeps. That's exactly like, what I was thinking. <laughs> but, I mean, he, he does a fantastic job, and really, of all the people in the movie, creeps. he steals the show. 
Number two for me is actually the opening sequence of the movie with the the aliens that are very deadite looking. They they look kind of like the deadites from Evil Dead Two with the really super sunken eyes and the high extended cheekbones and shit. They look like deformed like toadstools from Super Mario Brothers. And not only that, but when the aliens are talking, they subtitle the aliens in their in the <laughs> aliens text language, and then underneath the alien text language. They have the subtitles in English, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, the aliens are watching this. If the rest of the movie had been subtitled in alien subtitle, I I don't know. I may have loved it, or I may have hated it, but just the fact that they, they subtitled the aliens in an alien-looking language, I thought was hysterical, and just, like, set the tone for the movie in a very good way. Oh, yeah. And then, number one is, of course, the the iconic battle uh, climax scene where they are fighting against the creeps, the, the zombie creatures in the movie um, after, you know, everybody's supposed to be getting ready to go to this big formal dance thing. So, I don't know, what was, was there bad stuff in this movie, Paul? Um, I think What's on I, the bottom? I think I managed to find a couple things. So number three, like you said about the aliens, they were... They were goofy looking, but they were, like, kind of neat. I appreciated their, like, little costumes. I liked their little alien subtitle language. So like Ewoks look, like, naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ewoks, like, merged with, like, Mario toadstools and just, like, the worst science uh, science um, project ever. But, like, yeah, they're absent from the rest of the movie, which is kind of a shame. I mean, I get it, like, we needed an explanation of why the creeps were there, but... I kind of liked the little guys. They were, um, wish we'd seen more. At least at the very end, like, they could have shown you the humans, like, defeating the aliens or, you know, the world being taken over and, like, just show them, like, in, in their subtitles, say, like, well, fuck, our bad, like, something like that. That would have been great, but now they're, they never make another appearance. I don't know if there's, like, a sequel to this or anything, but, you know, I, I'd like to see those guys come back. Number two. So, most of the characters in this film were just kind of lame stereotypes of, you know, fraternity, sorority people, and I get that that was kind of the point, because, like, most of them become zombies anyway, so they don't really need personalities, but, I mean, with the exception of, like, Chris, JC, and Detective Tom Atkins, the others were really interchangeable, and I really didn't care much about them. It was really hard to take any of anything going on with them seriously. I feel like even Chris really didn't have that much of a personality. He was just kind of like your stereotypical, like, Whiny, awkward, awkward teenager who just got to college, like... Oh, I can't use a swear word. Like, yeah, he was... Yeah. Why, why did... Actually, that leads into, uh... Number one, so, um... Poor... Spoiler. Poor JC. He spends the entire movie trying to help his buddy Chris get laid and all sorts of stuff, and then he ends up dying, all f all for Chris, Also, Chris could live, and there really wasn't a single thing he did throughout the movie that wasn't selfless in some way, and because of it, he met his untimely end, and it was just a reminder in these dark times, life is cruel at times, and you never know when tragedy will strike and a good person will get taken away. And quite frankly, Chris should have died, not him. 
I mean, at least with JC having been infected by the, the slug creeps, he was able to deduce, like, what was going on, and he left Chris the explanation, which let them battle them, but, uh... JC died for our sins. Yeah, that 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 is number three, is JC died, not for our sins, but for Chris's sins. Fucking Chris. Fucking bastard. Chris died because of him. JC was too good for him. Number two. R.I.P., buddy. So, the movie has kind of a cliffhanger ending with, you know, a slug jumping out towards the, the main girl's mouth, and then the movie just ends. It's got the same ending as um, Feeders too. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of cliffhanger endings like that when uh, it's not like, hey, there's definitely gonna be another one of these. And number one. So again, spoiler alert. Tying back to the past of Detective Tom Atkins. So he killed this serial killer and buried him in this empty lot, which is now the sorority house's den mother's cottage. And uh, it was twenty something years. But, Ago. It was like 1959, and the movie is 1986. And uh, the slugs were able to reanimate the axe killer's body, but yet they do it by feeding on the brain. And shouldn't his brain matter all be gone after 20-something years in the ground? Like, like it doesn't make any sense. The, the explanation did come from one of like the best scenes where Detective Tom Atkins is just telling Chris about how he killed this guy just very casually, like... You want to know what happened? I went and I shot him. It's like, oh, okay, officer. Um, not sure why you're telling me this. That was that was such a great scene. So speaking of the dialogue that has between characters, let's have ourselves a good old fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who had the better quotes. Paul, why don't you start us off? All right then. Thrill me. Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies, and a date to the formal. What is this? A homicide or a bad B-movie? Collegiate tomfoolery. Go pra practice goose-stepping or something. We don't have to have sex with a farm animal, do we? Need your basic flamethrower. Don't even think about it, you little son of a bitch. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this film or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time to give this film our final take. Remember, friends, the final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 1 out of 10. I gave it a 2 out of 10. So, Night of the Creeps is a fun romp through college awkwardness and alien slug monsters. Zombies or possession, what is the true nature of this film? It doesn't even matter. Just burn it with fire. That seems to solve almost any problem in the horror realm. It's a just-above-average story made great by some fun characters and a great monster showdown. Yeah, my brain seems to be turned off right now, and I'm hoping it's just because I'm not tired. And, you know, not that half of it's been devoured by space slugs. But, you know, I guess time will tell. So right now, in current year clown world, there's this big global pandemic going on. It's hot as fuck outside, and there's a chance that the world's gonna end because of some Mayan prophecy or whatever I just found out about. Things are not looking great for really anyone, and it's important at these times to look for enjoyment wherever you can find it. Luckily, there are movies such as Night of the Creeps, which will help distract you from this shitty reality with a shitty fiction. It's a movie about alien slugs turning people into murderous zombies, which is just about the only thing that hap hasn't happened in the last few months. It's got some witty jokes, some... Fun dialogue and all the B-movie charm you could ask for. It's not a perfect film, but 
really doesn't need to be. Night of the Creeps may be the movie we all need right now. I mean, yeah, we, we obviously both enjoyed it, but, you know, sometimes you might not enjoy the movie. Sometimes you just want to have a little fun with it. So let's give our friends ways to drink away this flick. Drink away this flick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll use some drink games for this film, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time Tom Atkins says, thrill me, take a drink. Number two, every time Chris is nervous about something, take a drink. Number three, whenever someone is in a dorm room, take a drink. Number four, anytime anyone is drinking, take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's VHS month, anytime someone mentions a location, take a drink. And bonus drink, anytime you're watching this on VHS and your tracking kicks in. Every time JC acts as Chris's wingman, take a drink. Every time someone makes a sarcastic remark, take a drink. Every time one of the fraternity guys is a jerk to Chris or and or JC, take a drink. And every time you see Greek letters, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you love us comment here at iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us bmoviebros.gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros, follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all the all other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats from our website bmoviebros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links provided below. Well, that's the end of week three here for VHS Month. Let's rank the movies we've seen so far. Uh, for me, in the number three spot was Zipperface, which was a fun movie to watch at the time, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of forgetting more about it as time goes on. I know there was a stupid twist. Number two, Bloodsucking Pharaohs in Pittsburgh. It, it was a fun slasher comedy romp through not Pittsburgh and no Bloodsucking Pharaohs, but, you know, it was fun nevertheless, you know. Cigarette rehab leads to turning into the god Anubis, so... Who knew? Number one, of course, is Night of the Creeps, where it just has all those great qualities of a fun B-movie. Number three, I put blood-sucking pharaohs in Pittsburgh because there were no blood-sucking pharaohs, and I'm not even quite sure it took place in Pittsburgh. Not a bad film, but yeah, I, I don't like being lied to. Number two, Zipperface. While it had a really shitty fucking ending that still pisses me off. Overall, it was a fun movie. I enjoyed it. But number one, Night of the Creeps. It was genuinely a fun B-movie, and it had everything I was looking for in a fun B-movie. So yeah, pretty easy. Now, for next week, you know, we, we, we've been having a lot of trouble staying away from, you know, creeps and killers and strangers and people we just don't know this month in our movie. So I think it's time we get a little bit of sound advice, Paul. Next week, we're going to take a look at the 1985 musical, Too Smart for Strangers, with Winnie the Pooh. Will our favorite, our favorite bear help us not get molested by, by strangers? Until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on, Monday. See you, little